if you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, are you a granola fan? Turns out sweet granola is out and savory granola is in. Mm. Yeah, Nature Valley already added flavors like white cheddar everything bagel and sweet barbecue granola. Mm. Second, have you heard about the salad that's gone viral on TikTok? It's... Candy salads. Basically, it's just taking candy with a certain theme and mixing them in a bowl without the wrappers. I think they've gone viral because it's so mesmerizing to watch all the candy fall into the bowl, <laughs> especially if you gave up sweets for Lent. And finally, in the world of food, have you ever heard on-hold music you actually enjoy? Turns out Pizza Hut has such a great on-hold song, people are asking to be put on hold. <laughs> I think the singer is Craig Robinson from The Office. Yes, he does their TV commercials. There's yeah. this ticker, TikTok that went viral, and this girl goes, Hi, um, I don't actually want to order a pizza, but can you just put me on hold? Because I want to hear that song again. It's so soothing about chicken wings. All right, Taylor, I want to see how our brains work. If my brain is similar to your brain at all, I'm going to give you a scenario in a minute, and I want you to imagine this scenario and tell me what you see, okay? Okay. And everybody listening, you guys can do it too. We'll talk about it next. Okay, so I'm going to give you a scenario, Taylor. I did this with my wife last night, and the answer she gave was completely different from what I imagined. Ooh, okay. Okay, imagine this. A squirrel on roller skates. Tell me what, what what do the roller skates look like, and how many of them are there? How many roller skates? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Squir- a squirrel on roller skates. Uh, <laughs> how many squirrels and how many it's skates? It's one squirrel on roller skates. How many skates? Uh, I picture him like paws up, like only two skates okay. on his hind legs. Okay. So he's got two skates, hind legs. Yeah. I said the same thing. You know what my wife said? She said one. I was like, one? And she goes, yeah, remember those roller skates we had when we were kids and you'd, you'd put your foot in it and you had a key and it would tighten around them? She uh-huh. goes, yeah, he would just sit on that like a skateboard. Oh, yeah, like Stuart Little. <laughs> and I was like, like a roller coaster ride. I don't know what this says about our brains, but we imagine we think things, we think very differently. That's just probably cool. why our marriage works because we're very, very yeah. different. But I was like, I would have never thought of that. that and by is the way, so fun. It, it was all from a joke. I said, What do you, what is our dog Marco? He's a hunting dog and he loves to chase squirrels. I said, What do you call a squirrel on roller skates? Meals on Wheels. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Right, right. Good that's how it joke. all came about. Can you imagine scrimping and saving for a vacation, like one of those, you know, once in a lifetime vacations, mm-hmm. and then you get there and the thing you want to do the most is close? <laughs> We're going to talk about that next. Can you imagine you save, you scrimp, you plan, you ask the boss off for work, you get on the plane, you go to this destination that you've been dreaming of seeing in person for the first time in your life. Once in a lifetime vacation. And the thing you want to see the most is clues. <laughs> That's what happened to people for six days. Yeah. The Eiffel Tower has finally reopened mm. after a six-day closure because employees were on strike. Right. They were demanding better maintenance of the historic landmark because there was like some rust and they also they also wanted more pay, of course. Mm. And so the the owners of the property, they're going to put like four hundred and twelve million dollars into renovations because this thing is going to be a huge draw during the Summer Olympics. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to want to go up the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm glad the the strike is over. Well, I just yeah. can't imagine how sad I would be. 
if I had done all that saving and scrimping and planning and didn't go, get to go up the Eiffel Tower while I was there. Locals have been complaining about the Eiffel Tower for for probably about, I'm going to say about 10 years now. Yeah. Because I don't know if you know this, they put glass barricades around it. Like there's a giant glass wall. They, mm-hmm. they mockingly call it the Berlin Wall. Mm. And it's around because of terrorist threats and stuff. So you can still see through the wall, but you can't just... You like walk right up. The photos aren't as pretty. Yeah, you as can't they walk used right up to the Eiffel Tower. You can't just kind of like, you know, run around underneath of it and then go out in the gardens. And it's not a big open space like, like it, it used to be. Yeah, just, That's a, just, sad. A, few, just a few years ago. I did not ago. know that. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, I learned that the other day. So um, I'm I'm glad I got to see it before that. And by the way, heads up: if you ever do travel to tourists, those strikes happen all the time. You'll have you'll have tickets for a museum at noon, and you get there, and there's a sign on the door: "Sorry, we're on strike for an hour." Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That happened to us. We were going to one of the museums. We got there. There's a sign on the door. And it was one of those deals where our entire day was scheduled. And we had to be boom, boom, boom. We had to be at this museum at noon and this place at three. And yeah. then, so we couldn't wait around for them to get done with their uh, strike. That's just terrible. <laughs> I know, right? So heads up, if you're ever traveling to Paris, that's something you need to be aware of. They could strike at any moment. <laughs> interesting topic we have to, uh, we're talking about when you've gone somewhere on vacation or gone somewhere expecting to uh, be able to go or do or see something and you get there and wah, wah, it's closed it's not open that's happened to us like so many times i'm trying to think of what was the the biggest one but it was probably i, I can't even remember what artist it was but we were supposed to meet an artist before a show and they were like ironically you just call if they weren't feeling well uh-oh so it was like not not going to happen. That was that was pretty disappointing having that happen. Um, one of the biggest, most disappointing things that's ever happened for Kevin and Taylor listeners was that little girl that got to meet you thinking she was meeting Taylor Swift. Yes, she was <laughs> like, bawling. Legitimately, she no kidding, she thought she was meeting Taylor Swift. Imagine how crazy Swifties are. And this little girl thought, I'm meeting her. I'm going to meet Taylor Swift. This is the beginning right of a lifelong, Chick-fil-A. lifelong friendship. We're probably going to be besties from this day forward. Yeah. I'm going to be going to the Kansas City Chiefs games with her <laughs> in the private jet. That's going to be me. We're going to hit. I know it's going to, that's going to be me and Taylor Swift. And she walks in, sees you. And she's like, hey, Taylor, where's Taylor Swift? What? <laughs> and ever since that day, many, many, many years ago, Kevin has been calling me Taylor Not So Swift. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I felt terrible. (laughs) Going over and talking to her did not help. No. It made it worse. I was trying to console her. I wish I was a better person than this, but I was laughing so hard I had to leave the restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) That would not have been a good moment. (laughs) First she thought it was Taylor Swift, and then he left. Then he left. That little girl's probably... No, maybe she's not over it. I was going to say, she's probably over it by now, but no. She's not. The whole... Super Bowl thing and all of that probably made it worse. <laughs> yes. Is your dog loyal? We used to joke that Alex the Wonder Mutt would jump into the FedEx truck and leave us as she loved everyone so much. Hmm. So check this out. A mom was dropping off her child at daycare when three super sweet and happy German shepherds jumped in her minivan, took over the front seats and wouldn't budge. <laughs> she called the police. She was petrified and said the dogs were super friendly and excited about going for a ride. They finally gently tugged their collars and the three dogs jumped into the police call and they kept the car and they kept them safe until the owner came to get them. But they were just like, hi, we love you. Let's go for a ride in your minivan. This is so great.
<laughs> I wonder how three got out. And, and this stuck, has happened before. And stuck together. <laughs> They're just like, let's go, let's go for a ride, guys. It sounds like a Disney adventure. Like <laughs> three dogs on the loose. Hey, do you feel like childcare has gotten more and more expensive? Coming up, good news and bad news. Hey, do you feel like childcare has gotten more and more expensive? We have good news and bad news for you, mom and dad. More employers have started to offer childcare benefits. The bad news, they're still in the minority. The average cost of daycare per week is close to 300 bucks for one toddler and over 550 bucks for two kids. Mm. The U.S. Department of Labor shows the annual cost for care for just one child, whether infant, toddler, preschool, or school age, can easily eat up 15 to 20% of the median family income in many counties across the country. Now, thankfully, there is growing interest from employers about providing on-site child care to help make it easier for working parents to return to their physical workplace. And I have a lot of friends, like, they took jobs because of the on-site daycare. That was just such a huge draw for them. Yeah. A couple of things. There are families who are that five fifty for two kids are like, where can I get that deal? (laughs) I've just heard it's way more expensive than that. And number two, because on the outside looking in, everybody knows what the church should do. But I've always wondered why the church doesn't, make this a ministry like you can't you couldn't alleviate alleviate everyone's suffering but why not make child care part of your ministry where it's subsidized like as go to your your church your body of believers and say guys this is what we're going to do we're going to be all about helping young families we're going to radically change their lives by giving them high quality world-class daycare and it's going to be super super affordable and we're going to pay for it I wonder how that would go over. Would everyone in the congregation go like, eh, I don't know about that. Mm. You know what I mean? How would it, how would it go over? But if there was ever a a mission field that was waiting to be fulfilled, that, that is it. Taylor Scott, I have a question for you. Do do you have any apparel, any clothing that you wear at home that you would call your comfy clothes? Something you wear like when you're, you and Glenn are going to watch a movie, you throw on your comfy clothes. Oh yeah. Would you be seen in public in your comfy clothes? Oh no. Is it something you own that Glenn may not have married you had he known you were going to wear that? (laughs) We're going to talk about those kind of clothes coming up next. So we're talking about comfy clothes, clothes that you wear when you're knocking around the house or... Maybe when you run out to Walmart at 2 (laughs) (laughs) a.m. Comfy clothes you'd rather not be seen in. I have one item in my wardrobe that comes to mind. It's comfy clothes. I wear these pretty much every night. Even in the summertime, I wear these because my toes get so cold in our house. I'm not sure why. My toes are freezing all the time. Um, My wife got me these. I, I call them my hobbit slippers. There are these big, puffy, beige-colored slippers. I think they're Boombas, and they're they they're uh, like wool-lined on the inside, like that fuzzy wool on the inside, and then it's really thick, like oatmeal-colored yarn on the outside. I wear them every day. Does she curse the day she gave those to you? I think I've had better looks. <laughs> Do you wear it with your nightgown that we've been talking about? On oh the yeah, show? I wear them with everything. I had them on last night. I had, last night I had on a long sleeve t shirt. A uh, pair of gym shorts and my uh, my Hobbit slippers. Oh, it's a good look. I'll post. Wow. A, I'm going to post a picture in just a little bit of the Hobbit slippers and and would invite y'all to post a picture of you in something that you think is comfy, but you'd rather not, you know, go out in public in. 
Just when I think your look at home can't get worse, it does. <laughs> I mean, we all can't unsee the nightgown photos Hey, that you took here at the radio station. Those nightgown pictures of me, Griffin, they look pretty good. We, we, we were bringing it. I, I'm saying if I was a nightgown manufacturer, I would call us and say, hey, boys, I need you guys to be my, my next models. Mm. Okay. So you want people to call and, and fess up yeah, and then also like what they're wearing? Post on the uh, Kevin and Taylor socials. Like a, a pic of something that you, if you, if you have a pic on your camera roll, of slippers or a robe or something that you wear at night. Maybe you put your hair up in a scarf at night. We'd love love to see that. Right? There, there, there's no judgment here. We just want to see how goofy we all are in the, in the privacy of our, of our own homes. I know you have to have something, Taylor. Do you have something that you wear only at home that... The rest of the world should not see, and you're sorry that Glenn has seen it. Yes. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about that next. All right, Taylor, confess. I just saw your Hobbit slippers. <laughs> Are they? Aren't they epic? <laughs> they don't look like they give you any support. They just look like Although weird. They don't. Grandma socks. They don't. They're 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 probably more sock than slipper, but they do have a grippy tread on the bottom. And the the furthest those have ever been away from my home would be the mailbox. I will walk out to the mailbox Ew. wearing those. And then you walk right back in the house. Oh yeah. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> it's not good for anyone. It's the privacy of my own home. I'll do what I want. <laughs> I'm a no-shoe family. Yeah. So, like, the thought of going out to the mailbox in your slippers I may and keep, then coming back keep in. keep my toes warm, family. That's what, what I am. So, what about you? I fessed up and, oh, and posted yeah. a pic. This uh, is nothing new, but I'll add to it. Um, I think I talked about it on the show a couple weeks ago. I have a... Navy blue bathrobe that is so cozy and so wonderful. When I get out of the shower, I feel like the world is giving me a hug when I put this thing on. <laughs> and uh, my husband calls me a blue yak when I'm wearing it. It is not attractive in any way, shape, or form. I love it so much that I was just scheming the other day. We're going on a trip soon. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder if that'll fit in my carry-on. Can I save enough room for that ginormous giant robe? robe? But I also wear it to to top it off to make it even more hot. <laughs> Ever since I got plantar fasciitis in each foot, first on my left, then on my right, I wear those Ufus sliders. What are those? If you've ever seen those, you can What's Google an it. What's slider? They are hideous, but they are so <laughs> wonderful they they will help cure your plantar fasciitis as part of a regimen that includes these exercises and stretches I do before I get out of bed okay. and put weight on I my feet. I have a dare for you. You're, no. Uh-uh. You're going on vacation. Take the robe and the slippers and walk down to the, like, the all-you-can-eat breakfast buffet at the hotel <laughs> wearing the slippers and the oofu no. things. <laughs> and no. just be like, hey, morning. What's up? It'll yeah. go viral. Like people was, will be like filming me on the sly. I woke up and there was only 10 minutes left of the buffet being open. So I got down here. <laughs> Can you guess the three things you should never do at work according to an HR expert? I'm going to guess one. I know what you're going to say. Hug. You should oh, not. Oh, I hug thought you were going to say fish in the microwave. <laughs> uh, no, this is HR. I don't know. HR yeah, would HR. care about the mic. They'd be like, can't can't comment on that. But hugging. Yeah. Number I'm always surprised the amount of hugging that goes on in office places. Number one, don't overshare. It's easy to get comfortable with your coworkers when you're around them for eight hours a day, but that doesn't mean they're automatic friends. And oversharing too much of your life with them could cause issues like with gossip and rumors starting. Number two, 
Don't be afraid to be your own advocate. Successful people tend to be very direct about their accomplishments and a little more vocal. If you're too humble and shy, you might get passed up for a promotion more easily. And the third thing you should never do, according to an HR expert, don't stick around too long at parties. They say negative things can come out of hanging out around too long at company functions. So swing by, show your face, greet people, and then get going. Works great for a party, but I don't think it works well for a, a lunch, a mm. company lunch. If someone just suddenly leaves, everyone's like, where'd they go? Are they okay? Yeah, where'd they go? Yeah. I, I had an, I wrote down three things. Hug, comment on appearance. Like do not comment on someone's appearance. And then, I do uh, that all the time. And then one of them, assume uh, you said it, I put assume closeness. You shouldn't assume that you're close with people. Like, mm-hmm. I, well, I'm always surprised when people refer to their coworkers as, oh, they're my family. Well, if you got fired, would they stay in touch with you? <laughs> if not, <laughs> your family will. Will they? It's a, a good question to ask. Coming up, do you have a good story about how your pet came into your life? Hey, this is your guarantee to put you in a good mood story of the day. Story about how your pet came into your life. A stray cat rudely and loudly crashed a couple's outdoor wedding. It would not stop meowing. <laughs> Poor groom. The groom's trying to do his vows. And everyone's laughing. And the bride's just like, first she just tries to, she doesn't hear it yet. And she whips back and looks at her bridesmaids like, bridezilla, like, what's so funny? And they're like, it's the cat. It's the cat. And then they they all start laughing. Well, the couple, Kara and Matt, get this. They happen to be big-time cat people. Hmm. Their names together, combined Kara and Matt, spell cat. (laughs) And they even had a cat cake topper on their wedding cake. So, when they heard that the cat had been caught by the venue a couple of weeks later, they knew they needed to adopt her. So, this cat, Daisy, is now a very beloved part of their family. Aww. The cat that wouldn't stop meowing during their wedding. Sounds like a scene from the movie, The Cat in the Hat, doesn't it? Like, you barge in on a wedding or something, doesn't it? Okay, so what's that phrase that made made famous by the TV show Friends? Pivot! I feel like sometimes in life, we have the biggest pivots, don't we? Mm -hmm. And there's Mm -hmm. a big one that happened to me and my husband. I can't wait to tell you this story next. Boy, there's no doubt about it. Life throws you some curveballs, right? All the time. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes they're like, oh, well, isn't this a high class problem? Um, But we had a a very high class problem, my husband and I. We had to pivot like crazy. Every year we give each other a trip to go cross country skiing for Christmas. That's our only gift. No stockings, no little trinkets, nothing. Just the, the trip. And we love it. It's been part of our marriage. It's like a tradition. Well, we're all set to to go, to leave on this trip. We were supposed to fly out tomorrow. And all of a sudden, my husband's following this forecast. And they are expecting close to nine feet of snow in three days. Whoa. And we would have gotten stuck. Three feet a day. Yeah. And we would have, there's no way we would have gotten home. I wouldn't have been able to do the show. Like it would have just been a mess because they often close the highway when they get that. This is like the biggest storm they've had in like five years at Lake Tahoe. And so we're like, oh, this is it. We got to cancel the trip. There's no way. Mm -hmm. Because one of the ways we make it super affordable is through Glenn's company credit card. We get a companion flies free certificate every year. So we use that. Well, usually you're not allowed to transfer it. Well, my husband gets on the airline website 
and it let him move it. Because like, of the weather. What? Right? Is it because of the weather? I don't know. We don't huh. know why it worked. Because usually it's like once you change it, yeah. you lose that yeah. certificate. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, rearranged the rental car. It was $40 cheaper. Mm. Then we had to call the hotel because we're staying for the first time at this family owned hotel. Okay. Because believe it or not, the Hampton Inn in Truckee, where we normally stay, has gotten way too expensive. So we're staying at this mom and pop hotel. And we finally got a hold of them when they opened up and they let us move the whole reservation, same room, everything. And it's $100 cheaper. There you go. Look Couldn't at that. believe it. We're huh. so grateful. And we're so And she goes, it was so sweet. The lady at the hotel goes, oh, yeah, you would have been stuck. <laughs> and so it was good to have reassurance that we were making the right decision, that there's no way we yeah. should have gone on that trip. And then the fact that both of us were able to move it by a week because our schedules were okay was a mm-hmm. miracle in itself. See, that's it underlines why you're a better person than me. I'd have been like, wait, we're going to get stuck and I'm going to miss more work? Let's go. Well, then you lose all your <laughs> vacation get, time. Let's quick. No, because then all, you eat up all your vacation time on when you were supposed to come home. That's funny. Wait, we'll be we snowed in in a winter wonderland? <laughs> I know. I told my husband, I said, someday that won't be an issue, but both of us have to get back for work. So here's what's kind of interesting, Kev. You'll find this fascinating about my personality that we were able to pivot and move our trip a week later mm-hmm. is the super like follow the rules type A part of me a couple years ago would have been like, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. There's two things on the agenda. There's a Zoom meeting. I'm not going to be able to do it from the trip because I'm going to be on an airplane. I can't miss that. Nope, we can't go. And then there's another meeting that I'm like, uh, we'll move that. And that is so new for me. Mm. I never used to be that way. I used to be like, nope, we got to be there. Gotta... Are you impressed? Because you know yeah. that side of my personality better than anyone. For, for me, that the realization of doing things like that, I realized... I'm not as important as I think I am. I don't, <laughs> I don't, the meeting's going to happen with or without me. They don't care. Yeah. Oh, I emailed the boss to tell him, like, hey, I'm going to miss that. I'm moving my trip. I'm going to miss that Zoom meeting. He hasn't even responded yet. And it's been right. days. <laughs> so if you drop your phone in water, what do you do? The hack that everyone does is? You, you call support and say, I don't know what happened to it, but I didn't drop it in water. <laughs> It just stopped working. Everyone puts it in a bowl of rice, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I was even watching a TV show right. where putting your phone in a bowl of rice was right. the theme. And then you call support and go, I don't know what happened. It just stopped working. Right. Well, get this. Apple's saying you don't need to do that anymore. The newer your phone, the more resistant it is to water. Hmm. Um, but they're not totally watertight. And that's why a spilled glass of water could turn into a communication ending disaster. Hmm. And everyone's like, oh, just put it in rice. Yeah. But um, they say there are a couple of reasons why rice isn't the solution. For one, tiny bits of rice can get stuck in sensitive parts of your phone and cause damage. And then rice doesn't do anything to prevent corrosion of the effective parts. Hmm. So it's better to unplug your phone from the charging ca- cable, hold your phone upright with a connector port facing down and tap it, maybe some of the liquid will come out, and then place your phone in a safe, dry location that gets some fresh air and let it dry out. But no more rice. Hmm. Okay, so one of my favorite social media accounts is Thatch and Lou. That's Thatcher and Eloise. Griff's kids. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like so fun to see what they're up to. And I saw an Insta story yesterday and I was like, what? I didn't know Griffin's daughter did this activity. 
So we're going to ask him about it next. Griffin, our producer, has uh, jumped over in the studio with us. And Taylor was mentioning earlier, she saw something on Instagram that Eloise, your daughter, was doing. I, I think I saw it, too. Is it the horseback riding thing? Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew your wife grew up with horses on her yes. grandparents' now, property, but I didn't know Ellie was doing it. wasn't just horseback riding. This was like proper lessons. Oh, yeah. She's, she's doing learning how horseback to ride. lessons or something. <laughs> I just say, how did horse go? <laughs> I don't it, I, I, It's like Ken from Barbie. Like, I don't know. Like I'm talking like him. <laughs> How did horse? How's the go? horse stuff going? Yeah, because my daughter, uh, my wife, grew up doing all that stuff. Yeah, and then she wanted Eloise to do it, and Eloise had an interest, and she started doing lessons a few months ago. Wow! And I guess yesterday was a big deal because there's I don't know all the lingo. There's some long rope thing. It's essentially like a leash thing. Okay, lead. It's oh. called. I saw it on the caption. Was it? It's okay. called a lead. Okay, you actually pay. <laughs> you read and pay attention. I don't. Um, <laughs> well, I guess Eloise just points and goes. Horse. <laughs> Leash. Chris' vocabulary is limited to see and say. Chicken. Well, I Cow. Guess... Horse. Um, yesterday, she got to do the lesson without the leash thing attached, which means she was totally on her own with yeah. the horse. And she's trotting and stuff, and she's doing great. She looked like she's been doing it since she was two. Yeah, I mean, she was so straight backed on that horse with a little black helmet, yeah, and yeah. like she's got all the stuff, the boots, the helmet, yeah. and yeah, yeah, she's making. I mean, it's just been a few months. That's she, so she's doing cool. great. She's loving it. So yeah, Is, now I know if if that were me and our kids, I would feel very out of place with the horse crowd. I would think that that's like. Oh yeah, lifestyles of the. <laughs> yeah. So, are your are grandparents like footing the bill for this, or what, what's the deal? I, I I don't ask. I don't know. <laughs> it is totally my wife's thing. You know, she works, she makes money, she can handle all that, and I I'd rather not know what's yeah. going don't ask, on. Don't tell. Yeah, you don't want to know because I have a feeling it's uh, yeah. kind of like uh, I don't know. You get your kid playing tennis, yeah, and all of a thing. sudden they have a tournament at the fancy neighborhood, and you're yeah. like. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a different crowd. I felt group. like they were keeping an eye on us when we pulled up. <laughs> so we always talk about our kids growing up. You're like, I blinked and they grew up. Same thing happens when it comes to having to make adult decisions for your adult parents. Boy, that can be really, really stressful. And it happens like that. One minute they're young and vibrant. Next minute you're making life-changing decisions. Let's talk about that next. So I saw a post the other day on social media from a friend of mine. It got me, uh, it took me back to like when my mom was in the late stages of her life and how, boom, it happens in the blink of an eye. You know, you think of your kids growing, we all go like, oh, I blinked and they grew up. Well, you blink and your parents all of a sudden go from, oh yeah, we're enjoying our retirement. We're traveling here and traveling there to, I can't make it up and down the steps like I used to. And you're like, What? It happens really, really fast. So this was the post. I've had to make decisions I didn't think I'd need to make for at least another 10 years. I've got a knot in my side with the stress of all of it, and I'm very, very tired. Be mm -hmm. patient with people. You have no idea what they're dealing with. Wow. And that is so honest and true, and it's and it's hard. If you were in the middle of that, like where your parents, it seems like you blinked, and all of a sudden they got old, and you're the caregiver, and you're making decisions and navigating those stormy waters of, you know, mom's not capable of deciding whether she should keep the house or not. And you have to be the one to make that call, knowing she's going to be ticked that you made that call. That is so 
hard and and we feel for you holy cow that is that is rough dealing with aging parents i did find uh some ideas though if you're in the middle of that some things you can do that will relieve your stress a little bit it's not gonna make it go away but it will relieve your stress a little bit so let's talk about that next so we're talking about the stress that can come along with dealing with your your aging parents and and a lot of us are have gone through it are going through it or you will go through it um, and it can be really, really hard, especially like my situation, because we we haven't lived in our hometown of Baltimore for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so really not a part of my mom's everyday life to begin with. So when all of this stuff started happening, when she had her mini stroke and she had to go rehab and does she keep her house? Does she sell her house? All of this stuff. There were other family members really making those decisions. And that was kind of hard because something, you know, like sometimes there'll be decisions. hundred percent of the decisions will not be the one that you would make, but you've got to be mature enough to step back. If they, if you're in that situation, a lot of people are, they don't live in the same hometown they grew up in where their parents are. You've got to be mature enough to step back and go. Other people are there that know the situation better than I do. And they're, they're shouldering all of this every day. I'm I'm going to be graceful and go like okay if that's what you think is best that's what that's what we'll do so that that can be hard um, but the the tips that they recommend are to accept how the life cycle works because it can be really weird like for my dad who's 87 he's been healthy as a horse his entire life and he's had some major health stuff in the last six months to a year that's been really hard to see and it does bring to life boom wow he is he's 87 and that means. 87 and everything that goes along with it. Um, venting is really important. If you're stressed, have somebody that you can talk to, to, to just kind of like let off some steam where you're not going to be judged and they'll know like, okay, you were just letting off steam. You love your mom. You love your dad. Mm-hmm. That's just, you're just upset about the stuff you have to go through. And then you can also look at the time that you're going to have with them as a gift. I wish I would have been better about that with my mom. I mm-hmm. would fly up. I made it my, my deal at every Every three months, every quarter, every season, I would go and visit her, and I usually would be in and out for a day. I wish I had extended that to a couple of days. Mm. If nothing, I mean, she would fall asleep a lot of times when I was there visiting her. Like, yeah. I'd be in the middle of telling her something. I'd look over, and she was sound asleep. And I would kind of get frustrated with that. I'd be like, okay, what am I going to do for the next three hours that I'm here before I have to leave for my flight? I wish I had those three hours just to sit and be with her now. Yeah. Just to be with her. So if you're going through that, it's not it's not easy at all. And everybody outside of your situation, they know the perfect thing that you should do. Right. Everybody always does. So just lean into God. You're not going to get it 100 percent right. Nobody does. But the important thing is just that your parents know you're there and you're doing the best for them that, that you can. And try not to get too overwhelmed because all of a sudden you're caring for them and your kids. And oh, by the way, you got your own life going on too. It's a lot. Yeah.